This is Victoria. It's Kier Hogan. Laurel Van Ness. Katarina Lee Waters. Deanna Prazo. And you are listening to Siren Sound Off. 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 This is the fastest growing women's wrestling website on the web. This is Siren Sound Off. Do not adjust your headsets. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the return of Siren Sound Off. I'm Chris Riddle. Of course, you know me from various projects, such as standing in line at your local Chipotle. Let me introduce you to our esteemed panel this evening. First, making his grand return to podcasting, the owner and owner of Squared Circle Sirens, Mr. Casey Michael. Casey, on a personal note, welcome back, my friend. You've been sorely missed. Thank you. And, of course, you know him from producing such great clips as Spongebob, I Need a Six. Please welcome Jose Gonzalez to the show. Hey, guys. Are, are you okay? You sound like I a think so. <laughs> speaker. For those of you that didn't know, right before we started this podcast, took a sip from my water bottle that sounds like I'm taking a hit off a bong. And these yahoos were laughing at me, and I choked. I'd like to tell any of my prospective employers or current employers that are listening to this that I have uh, no knowledge of Jose nor anybody, including myself, on this Skype line taking a hit of a bong before we started recording. That was just a reference. Move on. <clears throat> Please welcome the queen of Josie and women's wrestling, Sierra Reed, to the show. I'm here, everyone. I'm present. And, of course... From Queens of Combat, from Nova Pro, and everything else in the world that needs commentary, Dennis Taylor. Oh my goodness, the new name and everything, I love it. That's always been your name, what are you talking about? I mean, that's true, I was clearly birthed with it, I'm actually a twin, if you didn't know. (laughs) Moving on, uh, we've got a lot to talk about tonight, let's start with the world's wrestling of entertainment. First of all, um, guys, we have a freaking Elimination Chamber coming up to crown new women's tag team champions, and it looks like just about all of the teams have been decided. Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, just as we were uh, getting ready to record, we had the uh, last Raw qualifier, so Sasha Banks and Bailey advanced over Alicia Fox and Nikki Cross, and that's five of the six confirmed teams, so just waiting to see what happens on SmackDown, considering... They've announced everything in either backstage or on social media. WWE for you. So it's very odd. It looks like uh, Raw teams actually have to qualify and SmackDown teams just declare. Have to form. Yeah. Look, and if you've been following the site, you could already know who the last team is because good old WWE has already had a local commercial just spoiling everything. And so, nonetheless... My queens, the Iconics, have entered, and who cares? Uh, All the other teams are there. It's fine. I I will say, though, that last team, uh, spoiler alert, it's uh, Carmella and Naomi. I fully expected them to be the last team, to be completely honest with you. I think everyone did, if we're being real. What? What? No. You didn't expect Dana Brooke to get a magical spot. I'm sorry, what was that? I had my ear pods in. Okay, money. You get it. So, I, uh, yeah, unless it was going to be EO and Kyrie from NXT, I, I couldn't see it being anybody else. I was thinking that, or like if they had like a Legends tag team, but that makes no sense considering the Royal Rumble. Yeah. So. I mean, let's be honest. If EO and Kyrie were in this 
you know, they're going to win the belts anyway. Why have even a match? Give give them the thing. Like, is all in favor of just giving them the belts. Just give it. They, they, come on, just hand it to them. What what they need to work for? They've done this already. Give it to Sierra them. actually wants to volunteer to manage them. I did. Look, anything. <laughs> well, hell, all the rest of us are getting in the business. Why not? Yeah, all, the, all y'all busy bitches. What's going on? Sierra's <laughs> like, what's good? Yeah, when I retire, everybody gets busy. Sierra's retired? Yes. You're not retired. I'm retired. Have you seen me put up an article in months? You're on this podcast, though. That's it. My voice is not retired. Everything else is retired. The voice of Reed is not retired. (laughs) The voice of reason. The voice of Reedon. Yes. Okay, I quit. Yes. The voice of a revolution. I, I think I think who's winning this is fairly obvious though, right guys? Like Yeah. Yeah, the Lux and yeah. Pods. Yeah, for sure. It's clearly Sonia and Mandy, duh. Oh, I would love that. That's not what I was trying to say, but I would love that. I mean, if you think about it, like looking at the actual tag teams in the match, like that are tag team tag teams, there are plenty of good options for future champions. It's just we know the route that they're going to take. And a lot of people might go nay about it. So. Uh, what, I, oh, I see what you did there. That was subtle. Yeah. A horse goes nay. Mm. So, I, my thing is, like, I don't know how I feel about, like, I'm really excited for the girls to be getting to have another Elimination Chamber, and I think it's a cool way to determine it, but 12 people in an Elimination Chamber match is just really chaotic. In the last time they tried a tag team elimination chamber, it didn't really end well from what I can remember. So it happened. I don't even remember. I don't. Yeah. Wait, there's men's wrestling. I don't know. Yeah, Uh, it's happened. People had to inform me that there was a men's Royal Rumble match. I had never heard of it. Um, I I don't know what those are. What's men's wrestling? But here's my thing in all honesty, like, and I think we're getting to this place where for so long as women's wrestling fans, we've been like, asking for something like this and we've been asking for x y and z storylines and we're gonna get to the big one in a minute but like yes it's it's pretty obvious who's most likely going to win this elimination chamber match but is that a bad thing and i think no we're starting to get here is now everybody's like oh it's so predictable yeah fuckers y'all asked for this shit a year and a half ago yeah but, but here's the thing, like, even if it is predictable, just because you find it predictable or somebody else or 50 other people think it's predictable, it's why not just watch it unfold? Because you never know. You might be tricked. You know, <laughs> it's too many wrestling fans. I'm going to say this and people are just going to get mad and I don't care. You get mad, stay mad. Okay, Jan. Um, some, there's too many wrestling fans that are too fucking smart for no reason. And mm-hmm. if, and if you really sit there and think about it, yes, you have wrestling as a sport. Yes, you have the storylines which are written by writers and whatever. It's a soap opera. It's a television show. And like, we shouldn't be acting like Looney Tunes if something's so predictable to you. Like, oh, oh, oh you're smart. You want a cookie? You want a sticker? I mean, do you want a prize for that, John? Like, relax. <laughs> Just enjoy it. <laughs> You know, you, you get what you want sometimes, and sometimes you don't get what you want. That's just life. That's wrestling. And that's what's fun about it. But you know what? I feel like sometimes it's not a bad thing to go the predictable route. Like Dennis was saying, like, sometimes, you know, you do need that storybook ending. 
And even though you can see it coming from a mile away, it's just, it's like Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 30. Like, it's the same thing. Like, we all knew in all likelihood that's how it was going to go down, but it was still an amazing moment. Like, that doesn't, to steal a line from Daniel Bryan, it's to the point now when I think we notice it a lot more, and, and we'll get to this in a second, I'm noticing it with the whole Becky situation. Man, wrestling fans are fucking fickle. Like, (laughs) they get upset over the littlest shit, and it's like, if it's not your girl being pushed, God forbid any other girl be pushed. And I agree, but I think on top of all of this, like, we've been being around the bush, I think we're all expecting Sasha and Bailey to win this, legitimately. Right. Oh, yeah. End of the day, those two deserve it. Like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, no, like, yeah, we can sit here and be Riot Squad stands all we want, and I get that, and I get that buzz, and I get that hype and all of those things, but at the end of the day, where we're at in this evolution or whatever you want to call it, those two are people who deserve to be the first ever women's tag champs. Just like Becky deserved to be the first ever SmackDown women's champ. Charlotte deserved to be the first ever women's champ back to being women's champ. I guess not first ever, but like first one now that it's back. Like right. these things deserve to happen to a certain degree. And so I'm still excited for the fact that, yes, we're getting another Elimination Chamber match. And honestly, this one makes more sense than the last women's chamber match. So I'm good. Like, I'm great. My happy ass will be watching Elimination Chamber, and then I will go to bed once this match is over. Like, I I totally agree with you. I think some people forget that even though it is predictable, we're going to see Sasha and Bailey win this. And it's like, I think some people, especially now with wrestling being talked about so big on social media, everybody gets so caught up in social media and wanting things to be their way. I mean, like, you see everybody having their bitch mode, you know, breakdowns every freaking day with wrestling all the time, and it's just, like, it's not that serious. If you sit there and really think back on it, we were told a few years ago that when they decided to make this revolution change, that Sasha, Becky, and Charlotte were at the forefront, then Bailey. So if we're going to have a big moment with us going from having Divas Championship and transitioning back to the Women's Championship and then establishing two women's titles and then women's tag team titles. You're going to have to go to the ones that are we've been told for years they're the prominent, they're the best on this roster, and they're the reason why we have so many good turnouts in NXT and why NXT's women's division is so, you know, harped on and talked about. They're the reasons why. So for people to get mad because it's, quote-unquote predictable or they don't like the fact that Sasha and Bailey are possibly getting this moment plus I also think it's there's a lot of Sasha Banks hate and I think that's really the main issue with people why can't they have it they there's should get that. a lot of Bailey hate too yes it's it's weird I I remember a few years ago there was so much Sasha Banks love and now it's everybody hates her and it's I don't quite understand it. I get everybody has their faves and you dislike people sometimes, but it's like when I'm sitting there thinking like they should get the tag team titles, like they should be the first, those four should be the first of to get anything out of everyone. It's the same thing when we had like, you know, with the divas division, we had certain ones getting certain situations. They should, they're deserving of it. All of them deserve things, but we're kind of 
to that point, Sierra, not to really interrupt, but I don't think it's so much more of a hate for them. I think it's just a burnout because yeah. when you think about how WWE's played out for going on four years now, it's just you always see those names in the marquee and everything. So I get people definitely want to see other women succeed, which is why we've had other champions in between, but they kind of always seem to rely on the horsewoman because they've shown they can be the kind of dependable asset to always right. elevate something. So I totally think they deserve it. It's just... A lot of fans are not wanting that gotcha, like, predictable uh, looking. And that makes sense, and I get it. But we're also sitting here and acting like at the end of the day, outside of the true women's wrestling stands, that people want to see any of these other teams win this title the first time. We can sit here and pretend all day long that wins and losses matter, but they don't. Don't. At the end of the day... Becky lost to Asuka and is now probably going to be in the WrestleMania main event. Wins and losses don't matter. We as a community need to get over that fact. Yeah. It's got to Here's another thing, too. Just because Sasha and Bailey will likely become the first women's tag team champions does not mean that any of the other five teams will never hold the titles. Like, there's going to be more than one champion. Right, yeah. Completely. It's. I think it's, it's not even a thing of, like, you know, not thinking anybody else is going to win those titles. It's just that some fans just... It, it kills me because we always say kayfabe is dead, but th- some fans are still stuck in that rim, like kayfabe is still alive and we're sitting in the crowds with shotguns if our favorite doesn't win and it's like calm down like they should get those titles they're the most prominent ones we see all the time yes i get burnout we get tired of seeing the same thing all the time i get it i get tired of seeing the same goddamn flippy moves with men's wrestling that's why i don't acknowledge it all the time so but it's like at the end of the day it's like what they should get it first. Then it's somebody else's turn. Like everybody else gets their turn. Wins and losses don't matter. I mean, the only people in this world that care about wins and losses is the people that write the PWI female top fifty every fucking year. So like if we really want to go by that logic, you know, that tells you like where you are if you're really in that mindset. Because it don't matter. It's written, it's fake, y'all. Well, and to Dennis's point about, you know, people complaining about the horsewomen always being in the spotlight, you could say the same thing about the people in the men's division. That's just a, not only a WWE thing, that's just a wrestling thing, you know. Before he got sick, Roman Reigns was in all the main events. Before that, John Cena was in all the main events. That's how WWE works to the most part. That's not just a horsewoman situation. That's a WWE situation. That's how they've always operated. I mean, I think that's probably one of the better examples, too, because even outside of the current day and era, like, it was always Trish, or it was always Lita, or always Mickey, before kind of the generation we're in now. So there's always going to be, like, the ones where we'll see them in every match, and it's just, I feel like social media really has made it more of an issue with, like, that kind of booking, because everyone has such an open platform to bitch and moan about everything, when it really isn't that serious. Well, it is what it is. Sit back and enjoy is all I have to say. I I think the 12 women involved will probably put in a great match. I I think we're all in agreement that there will probably be some kind of ridiculous chamber spot involving Naomi and Mandy. Yeah. Oh, my God. I hope, like, for some reason, like, Naomi finds a way to break into their pod, throws uh, Sonya out, and then she just, like, wails on her for, like, the five minutes in between. (laughs) 
she's gonna lock herself in a chamber with Mandy and just whip her ass completely. Just, oh just my something. God. Yeah, like I'm expecting like full on Beyonce obsessed. Like, can we please? No, worse. Like, I, I mean, just as a reference, like you know, when Diamond showed up at the Players Club and whipped Ronnie's ass, that's that's what I want to see. I'm, <laughs> I'm done. I'm tapping. Goodbye. Out. That's our show. Good night, everybody. Okay, well, let's move on to the big dog. Uh, Becky Lynch, of course, winning the Women's Royal Rumble match and will now head, oh, fuck, I'll say it, headline WrestleMania against Ronda Rousey. Of course, WWE now running a injury angle where Becky is indefinitely suspended until she seeks medical evaluation. Obviously, I think everybody and their cousin knows at this point that is a way to get Charlotte Flair into the match which means we are likely looking at a triple threat match for the Raw Women's Championship at WrestleMania. Your thoughts? Yeah. I'm actually fine with it completely. The whole storyline situation that went down with Stephanie McMahon tonight, I'm I'm completely fine with it. And the main reason why I'm fine with it is because, one, it's helping to build the storyline even more. You're giving Becky Lynch even more obstacles for her to overcome. And we've watched her for like, what, almost a year now overcome obstacles. And she's just so big at this point. It's just like, it feels like I hate to make comparisons. It's like during the late 90s when you watched the McMahons throw shit in front of Stone Cold Steve Austin and he just defied them and beat them down all the time, every single night. It's like I'm watching that all over again, just with a woman and saying, yeah, we're not doing this. Not on my watch, Jan. Here's my question in all of this, right? So I don't have a huge issue with the storyline. I personally like all three of these women. Yes, I am on Team Ronda Rousey. That's fine. My thing is, is that... I'm sorry, what? Yeah, I actually am a huge Ronda Rousey fan, in full transparency. I actually think she's great in WWE. I have no issue with her. I think all this Ronda Rousey hate outside of her makeup artist is totally invalid. Yeah, because that bitch needs to be shot. But all of that, my issue, and the reason why I hesitate is because, to me, this is truly going to come down, and I just am going to contradict everything I just said, is going to come down to the match result. And the reason why I say that is because... Yeah, that's the point I was going to make. You're right. The way this storyline is being built is we're going to throw obstacle and obstacle after Becky, like you just said, Sierra. But in the end, that big payoff was, well, Stone Cold ends up winning the championship or Stone Cold ends up getting one over on the McMahons. Mm -hmm. If that doesn't happen here, if we get to Ronda Rousey just winning, which in all honesty, prior to this, I would have been okay with. If we're doing all of this just for Rhonda to retain, my question is going to be why. And my question is going to be why add Charlotte if that is the case. See, so but here's my thing, Dennis, because I was thinking it'd be the opposite where they find a way to weasel in Charlotte breaking Trish's record at Becky's expense. And, and that could also be the case. And I'm even okay if that's the result. But my thing is, is that if Becky doesn't win here, if Ronda retains, the story doesn't make sense. And that's my issue. I will stay publicly on the air. I will stay publicly on the air that I truly believe that I have a better chance of marrying a woman than Ronda Rousey does retaining the women's championship at WrestleMania. Um, I think, if anything, 
Charlotte Flair will be submitted by Becky Lynch to maintain the fact that Ronda has never been pinned nor submitted. That way, if she wants to come back down the line, she's still got her quote-unquote undefeated streak. That's I, mainly the reason I thought Charlotte was added. So Ronda wouldn't have to lose. Yeah. I mean, I, I can see where you guys are going with that, but I honestly just feel it. I feel it in my gut that uh, Ronda's going to let Becky submit her. And, and, the, and, the reason, and the reason why I'm saying it is because this thing is too fucking big for Becky to get that win over Charlotte. Like, I don't have a problem with Charlotte being added to this match. Like, would I want them to have their one-on-one match? Yes. But here's my thing. With Charlotte being added back into this match, it kind of makes sense and it kind of brings things full circle. Because the main reason why I'm saying this is because the main reason Becky Lynch has gone on this tear that she's the man is because of Charlotte always taking things from her. That's what kickstarted this whole thing. If we didn't have Charlotte snubber for the title... And her taking Charlotte out, we would not have what we have right now. And, coincidentally, a triple threat match, by the way. Right. And always, Charlotte always putting herself into something, always interrupting what the other women have. And just I to like- implement herself. It's definitely like, if you watch anything about Ric Flair, you always see wrestlers say that. Ric Flair always has to make things about himself. And then we're seeing that with Charlotte you know, always implementing herself into situations that she doesn't need to be involved in. And, and this can be another case. And that's fair. And I hear the story. I'm not saying the story isn't there. What I'm saying is, and what I think the true issue still boils down to is twofold issue. One, what does Asuka do, which we'll get to in a minute. Mm-hmm. But number two, and to me, the bigger issue is I see so many like people, this just brings me back a couple of years ago when we had Sasha versus Charlotte the whole time. And everybody complained all the time of, oh, we've seen this 14 times, blah, 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 blah. Okay, then what makes this any different and what still makes this exciting enough for me to watch Charlotte in the match? At the end of the day, I'm going to watch it. I'm still going to be stoked and I still don't think it's a bad story and it still makes sense. Mm -hmm. All I'm saying is, is that there is a better story that's already here and give me a three month Becky versus Rhonda. Let's go. Like, I don't need Charlotte added to get me more excited or get me to care more. And that's my issue. Well, the only issue with that is the fact that they have 11 weeks now to try to sell a one-on-one match, which is difficult for them to keep the momentum for that long. No, but but it's not difficult to sell this one. Now, it's it's totally fucking different if we had Randy Orton versus Rey Mysterio. Yes, it's difficult to sell that one because, one, no one gives a fuck. Two, no one gives a fuck. And three, no one gives a fuck. In this case, everybody gives a fuck about Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey going against each other. It's, the thing is, it's like, I get what you're saying about the whole situation with Charlotte Dennis, but it's it would be kind of a crime if WWE did not add Charlotte in some way to, one, have her and Ronda face to get face after getting that beat down. And then two, you had Charlotte and Becky you know, main event evolution, and there's been so many things with those two over the last several months, and then you had Rhonda get put into this, and they've got to finish out that story, and basically, the way I feel is that with this whole storyline, regardless of if Becky pins Charlotte or Rhonda, she's going, they're grooming her to be the next big star, and 
regardless of who she pins, that's what they're kind of going for. And we're seeing the reports about Ronda disappearing after Mania. So, I mean, if you're going to bring the, the story full circle and move all those women onto something different, this is the way to do it. You know, cap it off and be done with the situation. Then we can move Becky Lynch to Raw and have her go against other people. Then have Charlotte doing whatever, you know. I'm sure they're going to have call-ups at that point. And it's weird. I honestly have forgot about Asuka being a champion right now. Because they really have pushed her into the shadows. Like, SmackDown, we're all worried about Naomi versus Mandy Rose. The tag team titles. The women's title is kind of lost in that situation. So what what exactly are they going to have planned for her besides a pre-show match, probably? I mean, the problem is is that it's also one of the rare occasions where we have so much going on with the women's division that a championship is being ignored like that. Because in a weird way, it kind of reminds me of when we were going into WrestleMania 29, how you were starting to see the seeds between AJ and Caitlyn, like, oh, we, that could probably have been the match, but then they wanted to do the mixed tag match, and then they canned it for Total Divas, and it's just... It's really rare that you see a champion that you are supposed to hold in high regard. They're at the top of their division just being lost in the shuffle. It's pretty interesting because there's not... And, and it's difficult where the Raw Women's Championship is main eventing WrestleMania. What on SmackDown can you put that caliber up against? There's nothing that can really compare. Especially considering the fact that two of the women that will be in the main event for the Raw Women's Championship are technically on SmackDown. And that's my thing, and I'm calling it right now. You hear it here. I'm calling either... 15-woman pack challenge for the SmackDown Championship, or it's going to be a damn battle royal. And I swear if it's either of those things, I'm going to flip shit. I've got an idea. Go ahead, Peter. I think they're going to have Charlotte take that belt off Asuka before Mania, and then she's going to challenge Ronda. You think it'll be like a title match? And that's what I could see happening. And that was... Somebody threw it out on Twitter as kind of, oh, I actually legit think it was Lance Storm. It was Lance Storm. Oh, yeah, I've seen several, several people have thrown the idea out there. An idea that I even saw was, like, at WrestleMania 2000, a two-fall match. One fall be for the SmackDown Championship and one fall be for the Raw Championship. Which could be fine, but then it again comes back to this whole issue of I need WWE to do a better job of looking beyond the pay-per-view at hand. We have so many pay-per-views on the schedule that we don't even think three pay-per-views down the line of what does this mean? Because if that happens, I have an issue with Asuka even becoming a champion in the first place. And like, because to me, the only story that truly made sense of all three of them coming together is you actually had to kind of do a double turn here of... Becky beating Asuka, Sasha somehow dirty pinning Ronda getting the title, and Ronda winning the Rumble was the only way that it truly made sense to me because now we're in this predicament of the SmackDown Women's title doesn't matter, but you have this huge story, and that's fine, but you need to recognize just like the tag team titles don't matter or all these other titles in WWE that I don't even know exist don't matter, because we don't focus enough on the long-term gain like we used to back in the Attitude Era. In reality, as great of a moment as it was, Becky Lynch did not need to win the Rumble to set up this match. This triple threat match had been built for months. It could have done without 
the Royal Rumble win. It could have easily been set up for the Raw Women's Championship somehow. The McMahon, you know, they keep uh, invading each other's shows until the McMahon say, that's enough. You guys are facing each other at WrestleMania. What needed to happen is somebody needed to win the Rumble to go on to challenge Asuka at WrestleMania. That way you have an instant build for the SmackDown Championship, which is now lost in limbo. Exactly. And I, I hear what you're saying, Chris, and that's right. But there's no denying the fact that, that that the fact that the Royal Rumble winner is going to main event Mania again. Like that used to be the story of Mania was whoever won the Royal Rumble main events Mania. That was the point of the Rumble in the first place. At the end of the day, I do think that somebody in this triple threat did need to win the Rumble in the sense of really giving this a main event feel. Because to me, it solidified the fact that women are main eventing mania this year, or at least have the best chance than they've ever had or ever will have. In the very least, what we're sitting on now, and this is what I'm saying in general and what I've said about this division split the whole time, is they can't focus enough on the fact that there are two women's championships. That has been an issue this whole time. I remember back when we would sit on this sound off and be like, SmackDown's better, no Raw's better, no SmackDown's better, no Raw's better. We're doing it again. And they're going back to the Raw Women's Championship because at the end of the day, that will always be the flagship show. And we're sitting here now with an afterthought second women's championship. And that will continue to be the issue. Sierra's absolutely right. This match is going to be on the free show. But do you think that with SmackDown moving to Fox, they'll try to hype up the women more? My thing is I don't think it's going to happen until the network change happens. Or, like, SummerSlam, that'll kind of be the cornerstone where, like, they put all their eggs into the blue brand for the first time since SmackDown was even a thing. So, But th- at that point, you'll see Raw kind of become, you know, SmackDown <laughs> situation that SmackDown's in currently. So it's just a role reversal. You know, and I'm sure they'll flip the rosters around where who they determine to be the bigger stars will just now be on SmackDown instead of Raw. So we'll be in the same predicament. It just be we'll be complaining about Red not getting enough attention as Blue. And that's why I think, in all honesty, there needs to they need to lose this double women's championship thing. And I think they need to make what is the United States Intercontinental Title equivalent of the women's championship and call it a day. Like. We need to stop trying to pretend that both of these titles are equal because they will never be equal. Because I know, like, that's a very good point, Dennis. Even when we were talking about, like, how they could do the brand split again, when they first did the brand split this time, it was just the women's championship. So with the way that SmackDown was always getting second fiddle, I thought, why not just make a women's mid-card title, like a women's intercontinental or whatever the fuck you want to call it? Because that's clearly the way that WWE is always going to book it. And especially if we're now going to have a tag team division, it would make sense to just solidify what it is that you want the mid-card championship to be, and then unite the two proper branded women's championships into one, and then just go about it. Yeah, have both titles float to each show. Like, why not? Because, I mean, if you think about it, like, each title is going to have one main storyline. You know, and it's going to bounce from show to show. And I know that's it's hard for people to write all that and keep up with that. But it's just like that makes it more fun and more interesting because they always at some point always focus on these four women. So I, I don't I never understood why we needed to have two women's belts. But everyone's always like, there's so many women that got to give everybody a turn. But it's like. Yeah, I get that, but there becomes a point just like several years ago when you had the women's title and you had the Divas title. It, it's just like, 
this is unnecessary. One of these has got to go, and they got rid of one of them. And I think we're getting to that point again where it's just, why not unify them? It's the same thing with the men's roster. You have two world titles. But honestly, only everybody I know only references one champion because no one pays attention to the universal title because we're just like, that's a thing. What's the universal title? Yeah. I haven't seen it in a year. Yeah, like, if you really didn't know that Brock Lesnar was still holding it, like, who would give a fuck, honestly? No one. All right, so let's move on. Um, Sasha Banks was off of Raw last week, post her match with Ronda Rousey. Looks like she's back this week. As we talked about earlier, Sasha and Bayley are moving on to the Women's Tag Team Championship Elimination Chamber one week from Sunday. However, some sad news. Um, Casey, it looks like Ember Moon's going to be on the show for quite a while. Yeah, I guess she suffered a elbow injury before the Royal Rumble and competed and, like, injured it more. So she'll be out for, like, a year or close to a year. Damn. Yeah. Very unfortunate. Really unfortunate. She's been one of my favorites. Um, They obviously had not really done much with her since transitioning to the main roster, but still really... God, bad timing with everything going on. I would have actually loved to see her somehow make the jump and face Oscar for the women's championship at WrestleMania and kind of reignite that rivalry. I thought it made I sense. I don't know how they would have done it, but. Hmm. I mean, well, the good thing about having every pay-per-view being dual branded is that they probably could have found a way to build that just from a backstage. But obviously for being injured, it makes you wonder who – because every woman in SmackDown, aside from Charlotte and Becky, is going to be in the tag team elimination chamber. So clearly they're big on stables right now. That's going to leave Oscar without a challenger unless someone actually comes from Raw. And they're not going to give it to one of the new uh, call-ups in Lacey or Nikki just because Gosh. they have established. Oh God. I would actually love to see Lacey Evans. Shut your fucking up. mouth, Chris Redhall. I... I would love to see her botch another kip up. That I would like. I will summon all the legendary Joshis. So here's the deal. I um, think that Lacey Evans' finisher should just be her attempting to make a gal of a sweet tea. Uh, You guys did see that video, right? Please tell me everybody saw the video. For those who have not seen that video, she pours tea mix into a pitcher, adds water, opens a jar of canned dole peaches and plops one in. And this is how you make peach tea, ladies and gentlemen. Smackdown Women's Champion material. No, this is actually what her uh, champ- or a finisher should be. It's a play on the Pelagrosa. It's called seasoning. You never see it in action. Wow. <laughs> Goodbye. That's our uh, show. Good night, uh, everybody. Through all of this, I think... It doesn't matter what's going to happen in the SmackDown Women's Championship because it'll be on the pre-show, so the whole world will see it, and we'll just call it a day. Like I hate to say this, but I could seriously see um, the WrestleMania Women's Battle Royal getting renamed to the Nobody's Ready for Oscar Women's Battle Royal, and Oscar defends the championship. It could be, although I will still hold hope if we're flipping all these brands, my money is on Queen Alexa to go back over to SmackDown win that title. I'd lose uh, my no, The Bull Meccano Invitational think... SmackDown Women's Championship match. No, that we're not. Definitely, that was <laughs> my good friend, Bull Meccano. 
Um, that was actually when I was suggesting that somebody should have won the Rumble and challenged Oscar. That would have been my idea was for it to be Alexa. I just, what, what else is she going to do? Like, it just, hell. It is or, a talk show that is running straight into the ground because everybody that comes on there just encompasses her whole purpose. Because, you know, this is what we're doing with her. Monday Night Raw, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, moving on, but seriously, best wishes to Ember Moon. That, the, again, the timing just sucks. Kudos to her for uh, gutting it out through the Royal Rumble, by the way. Holy shit. Uh, um, let's move on to next. Uh, so, so, Casey, what happened on the next day? I don't keep up with spoilers. <laughs> Somebody, somebody tell me. Uh, this past week on NXT, we saw the Sky Pirates, Io Shirai and uh, Kyrie Sane, defeated Marina Shafir and Justin Duke in tag team action. Kyrie was over like wildfire. I don't think I've heard a crowd before a takeover be that loud for just the pre-tape matches, but well, yeah, it was they a decent length defeat. match. Uh, Marina didn't look awful, even though she had, like, the stupid nose guard on. Starting to show what a little bit more wrestling deal? offense. So what is the deal with that? Was there an injury on that? She broke her nose in December, so it's kind of like how Trish kind of had the thing on her face, too. Okay. Yeah. But why not just incorporate that as part of your gimmick? I, would, I was going to say, that, is she using it as a gimmick? I would well, like that. I could totally see her do it as a gimmick, like, once she's, like, cleared, cleared. So, like, you'll see her take off the mask, use it as a weapon. But she'll kind of keep it on whenever she has to come out, kind of like how you always had Victoria with the brace with her ACL. But well, I don't know. She had to wear the brace. Well, yeah, she did. But, I mean, there were times where she did shit without it afterwards, too. So it's not like – but it's part of, like, the identity because she would find a way to use it in a match. So – so I know we see a lot of the pirates coming up on NXT, right? Like they're pretty heavily featured, if I remember correctly. I mean, they did just defeat um, the Legend Rebel. So. Amber Nova. Who? I don't know her. She sounds no, like her first. I don't know her. Amber Nova. She sounds like a girl that went into my DMs after I said something. About oh her. my God, Casey! <sighs> and he's back, ladies and gentlemen. Don't DC is not going to be nicer in 2019. I am not. <sighs> <Anyway>. Look, <laughs> through all of this, if you've been watching NXT spoilers or anything, we're about to see a lot more of the four horsewomen, and I'm talking the MMA ones, not the WWE ones. Yay. And so things are coming. And, you know, they're clearly about to be this big players, but my still my question is going to be who challenges Shayna at TakeOver? Cause because here's the, I'm going to be at TakeOver, and if it isn't Queen Mia Yim, I'm done. I okay. want that match because, I mean, why not? No, and I completely agree, but the problem is with those spoilers, because we're going to get into it, they had a six-woman tag match where it's EO, Kyrie, and Bianca against the horsewoman, and EO pinned... It's uh, going to be EO. Okay, and I, okay I, but guys, the, the one thing, and sorry to interrupt, the one thing I will say, while you're right about that, Jose, how many weeks do we have until TakeOver? It very easily could just be an NXT match. We've seen them do it before. This is true. Okay, but here's my thing. I... I love Mia Yim down. I love her down to pieces. I want to see her versus Shayna because those are two of my favorite, and I remember our match from Girls' Night Out that just hit it out the park. And, and from the Mayan Classic, they had a great match, too. You get, you get what I'm saying? But also, EO versus Shayna, they had a great match over in Japan with Stardom. Why not? Like, if you're going to give 
you know, if you're going to keep giving Shayna, like, these really good matches and just keep giving her, like, those two are the next ones you got to give her. Like, Bianca Belair, I like her. She's great and everything. But I did not expect her to give Shayna that big, big match. And I feel like everyone's waiting on EO to but be that one. Do you really think people are waiting? I'm not saying that against EO. I'm saying in general. Because I don't feel like the NXT Women's Championship has mattered since Asuka dropped the belt. No. I've said that for a while. I still say that. Because you know what it is? is When they were doing the whole Ember Moon uh, storyline with Shayna Baszler, and they were making you actually care at some point, like, oh, my God, Ember's hurt. Shayna's just this big bully and everything. What it is with NXT, I've said this before a million times. There is so many women in NXT. You've had the Mae Young Classic where we've seen even more women. We have NXT UK where we have even more women. You know, we have so much of women and no one really knows, like, how to take to any of them, how to actually care about each division because they're not putting emphasis on it. Like, if anything in NXT, we hear more about the men's division, which, of course, we're going to. But when it comes to the women's side of things, they don't really put emphasis on it like they used to. You know, you're like, absolutely correct. Where you used to want to watch NXT to see Charlotte versus Sasha, Sasha or what's Bailey doing or yeah. whatever. They or don't Amber do that. Oh. And the bad thing is with NXT, if you look at who's signed, regardless if they came out in May Young Classic or they're under UK deal or whatever. They have such a talent pool that it's insane that they're not throwing all these matches at us. How am I not getting all of this right now? Like, this, they have such a talent pool that we should be overdosing on women's wrestling right now. And we're not getting that. I think my big thing, Sierra, is that there's way too many people in the NXT for it to stay just a one-hour show. We need right. two hours just because there's so many people that are just chilling at the Performance Center that were big signees, like Candice LeRae. Aside from her showing up and taking a bump from her husband, what has she done in NXT? How is Candice... Okay, see, you just brought her up. Because, see, I honestly forgot about her. How? Case in point. How do you have Candice LeRae not be your biggest baby face in the women's division right now. Even How? when she came out in the Royal Rumble, it was, oh, Candice, I wasn't expecting well, that. Because nobody knew her music. What was that music? Yeah, and I was like, who is this? Oh, that theme is horrible, honey. It's trash. And he's no, forever. stars in the show is way better. Yeah. But, like, like, my thing is, is that nobody knew who it was, and that's why she got no pop. Meanwhile, you, like, you know, the minute Alexa Bliss's music hits, everybody knew who it was before she even came out. Nobody knew who it was. Right. Well, when was the last time Candace was featured on her own on NXT? Oh, was like, it? period. And ha- I yeah. think it was that one singles match she had with Bianca months ago. Oh, and when she was actually being featured, it was her and Zelina. That's yes. it. And Zelina's been on SmackDown for how long now? And when she jumped that guardrail to attack Zelina, you know, that at that point I felt like, okay, they got a, a way to – infiltrator into the women's division and make people actually care because we cared at that point we're like oh my god his wife is a big wrestler and she's going to beat everybody down i mean they could easily put her against Shayna. like they've worked with each other in the past and there's so many things that they can use with nxt and her appearances to you know build a storyline you know 
you're always running behind your husband or something, something to that effect. I mean, the crowd will go crazy for that match, but they're not doing anything with Candice. It is a quite shame. Like, why? The biggest, she was like the biggest thing on the indies for how many years? And she's just Johnny Gargano's wife. Well, like, also to that notion, here, how many hot free agents have they picked up just yes, to pick every, up? Yes, everybody. Yes, there's a bit of oversaturation to some extent. Yes. And then you forget about some of even, like, the homegrown town that's just been at the Performance Center forever until they get thrown into a random match. It's like, oh, I haven't seen you on NXT ever, aside from, like, the two Mae Young Classic matches you had. Let's talk about how Aaliyah's just been chilling for, like, four years. Yeah. (laughs) Aaliyah's an NXT super senior and is probably going to stay that way until they do budget cuts at this point. because. That's my only thing is I get that there are so many girls and I'm by all means excited for all of them. But my thing at the end of the day is I want us to have some kind of big match feel for this women's championship again. And if these taping shows are any sign of what we're in for, I am not excited and I'm sad about it because I will be at NXT and I want something great. He said Aaliyah was a super senior. She a damn master's student. What are you talking about? Now, nah, I would have meant she got to move on. She's still probably, I don't know what the hell she's doing for gear other than just, like, Versace, like, stickers and shit. Uh, she's teaming with Vanessa? Is that who she's teaming with? So, yeah, yeah, if that, and just for uh, the freaking horsewomen to come in and beat them up afterwards. So it's not like she's being used, like, in a way to elevate her character. She's still being an enhancement talent, which is literally all she's been, aside from when she was on Breaking Ground. She's going to be oh, that, she's gonna be that lifer in NXT. Like, you remember how, like, when... FCW had like those one or two dudes that was just there for years and everybody else got released and got picked up and whatever. You're just who like, are, wow, are, hold on, throwback. Who are our FCW lifers? I'm trying to remember. Angela Dawkins. Yes. Maxine. Maxine. Well, I mean, Maxine uh, was on NXT. Yeah, but look how. Mia Mancini. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Look, you know, Serena was on SmackDown. Uh, Raquel Diaz. Ugh. But here's the piece. Okay. And this is something that Casey and I talked Casey about Raver. a long time ago, which is NXT is not developmental. It, it The Performance no. Center is. But the NXT brand is not developmental anymore. NXT is its own brand. And yeah. yet there are call-ups from NXT to Raw and SmackDown. And sure, that's all true. But... I mean, then you have people like Sonya and Mandy that just jump straight ship from, you know, whatever to main roster. Through all of this, all I've seen so far in the NXT women's division is challenger of the month and another person for Shayna to beat. And it doesn't make me excited about Shayna holding the title like I should be. Welcome to the Triple H School of Booking, ladies and gentlemen. And so on that note, can we move to everybody's favorite promotion? I have been wanting to do this for the longest time on a wrestling podcast again. Ladies and gentlemen, let's talk about Impact. (laughs) But first, but first, it's our new favorite segment with Impact Hall of Famer, Gail Kim. And now, the sound off presents the Gail Kim Food of the Week. 
Alright. Who's got the tweet this week? Ah, uh, shit. I had it and I lost it. <laughs> I uh, have somewhere one. In our, uh... I have one. Alright, so. Casey, the floor is yours. Okay. Gail Kim tweeted on February 3rd, yesterday. I thought it was Lo Shirai. That's how I read it everywhere. <sighs> if it's wrong, then I apologize, but that's how I'm familiar with her name. I love Gail Kim. She is the one who scouts knockouts for TNA, and clearly she's very up on the wrestling scene. <laughs> I, uh, look, I have re-fallen in love with Gail. I think her Twitter account is, I'm not going to lie, I probably keep up with her Twitter account more than I do Impact itself. Um, people do not know, but our group chat that we have on Twitter normally consists of sending the Gail Kim tweet of the day. Oh, I found one too. Um, it was January 29th and it was a quote tweet actually of one of our favorites, Happy Travis Day. At Gail Kim, it's me. Thank you for being a gay, a gay ally and being the only wrestler to speak out about a gay person of color being attacked by Make America Great Again supporters. We don't deserve you, Gail King. Crying emoji heart. Gail replies, well, I'm not Oprah's best friend, but thanks. <laughs> what I love about this is that Travis had been referring to Gail as Gail King for about two weeks because me and Jake were joking about it, and she caught it and tweeted that. So you can now catch Gail Kim on CBS This Morning. Ladies and gentlemen, that's our new segment, Gail Kim Tweet of the Week. All right, let's talk about actual impact now. God, it's been a while since I said that. Rosemary has returned to action. Um, Casey, I don't think she actually returned to the impact taping itself, though, correct? No, it was like um, they did this thing on it was Twitch like, with Smash Wrestling and she returned. Yeah, it was like a crossover show. So basically Impact's been doing one-night-onlys with a bunch of indie promotions. So right. she actually recently returned this week, and it was a four-way, if I remember correctly. It was uh, Rosemary, Allie, Casey Spinelli, and I'm trying to think of the last person. Xandra Bale. Uh, yeah, well, Xandra Bale is a regular at Smash, and so is Casey. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, basically, ever since uh, Impact Homecoming, we saw Rosemary come back and try to save Allie from Sue Young's uh, possession, basically, and Allie's been resistant. I don't know if it's under her own will at this point, just because of how the character is playing out, but we've been seeing week after week Rosemary trying to get into Allie's head, and it's been even costing her some victories and matches over Kiara Hogan, so it's been interesting to see how that storyline's just transformed over the last year, even just from when Sue Young came in. So I um don't watch the full shows, but I've actually been keeping up with this. I watched Homecoming. I really like the whole angle with Allie kind of being, you know, possessed or whatever you want to call it by Sue, and then Rosemary coming back to attempt to kind of save Allie, and then the whole conflict. It's it's very in the whole Dark Realm shit. It's something that's not really being done anywhere else, and it's kind of got the sci-fi aspect to it, so I'm in favor like that time, that winter, poisoned Angelina Love. I don't know if I'd put it quite in that territory in terms of greatness, um, but because nobody can sell like zombie Angelina, but oh, Lord. I, I like it. It's different. I'm actually kind of enjoying most stuff on Impact recently. Yeah, I think it's like the most nuanced storyline I've seen on Impact Ever, really. Like, I can't remember the last time there's been such a long angle where it's managed to stay fresh in some way, shape, or form. I I just like how this angle has started, like, several years ago in Indies between Rosemary and Allie. 
Right. And she's the one responsible for his Rosemary character even coming to life for cutting Courtney Rush's hair. Yeah, and then, like, on top of that, too, like, the way they're doing their YouTube stuff and everything, where, like, they bring back Cherry Bomb and Courtney Rush in a way to, like, further add elements and layers to the story. It's just, like, you kind of have to follow everything to really get a grasp on it, but it doesn't feel like you're being forced to. Like, you want to know about it. And then Courtney and Rosemary have two separate Twitter accounts. Like, there's this separation there. It just all makes sense. Like, it all... It's like this big round circle of continuality over the years where it all just ends up coming together. Mm-hmm. Look, this storyline's great and all, and by all means, we can keep talking about it. But we're missing out on the true storyline of Impact. Here we go. The true 10, Scarlett Bordeaux, and how she has finally found her talent search winner, which is her. And she's clearly about to become the Knockouts champion. I... Um. Anyways, there's more important things to talk about. So, <laughs> like our okay. promo video, because we could talk about that too. So, let's talk about the knockouts. <laughs> that is uh, not Chris, I don't th- Yeah, I don't think you said that uh, correctly. Uh, let's talk about the knockouts championship, is what I was trying to say. So, I, I mean, no heat and no disrespect by this. Here we go. I, I like ready. her. I like her as a wrestler. Um, I'm sure she's a nice. Opening? I'm sure she's a nice girl. What in the hell is Taya Valkyrie's gimmick now? She's a girl loca. She what? looks like Angelina uh, Love circa DSW days. I don't get rid of the braids. <laughs> Like, why no, am I no, watching no. Angel Williams from, like, TNA like, NWA pay-per-views in 2003? Yes. Was she come out there and fight like, Trinity? What? First like, of all, Trinity is a future Impact Hall of Famer. Um, no, the vibe that I get from, like, Ty's... The vibe I get from Ty's repackage, it's, like, everything that people are throwing shade at Ariana Grande doing in Seven Rings for it, but the actual negative stereotypes associated with it. It's just, like, it doesn't... <laughs> anything at all like I know like she's supposed to be the crazy white chick that's from Canada but went to Mexico and like somehow she looks like she's on the one of the fucking boroughs in New York I don't I don't know you know and okay I'm gonna be honest I think we're riding her a little too hard I'm gonna be really clear I don't necessarily have an issue with the gimmick because at least she's not generic baby face number five Thank God. But, like, and, and don't get me wrong don't get me wrong but, Dennis I'm not trying to shit on her I like her I just don't I don't understand it like no and legit. I hear you Chris but I'm about to answer which is they have no baby faces they moved their only top baby face to be a heel under Sue, because it was Allie, let's be very clear. Mm-hmm. And through all of this, they have no baby faces. Okay, well, Rosemary's a baby face, them. but she's in that I mean, here is a baby yeah. face also in the feud, and now they're trying to put Jordan Grace in there, but Jordan's kind of been like a tweener. No, Who knows what the fuck Katarina's up to? Like, I disagree with that, but what I'm saying is, is that Jordan is brand new to the knockout division. We can talk about Jordan Grace in a minute. What I'm saying is, is that when you pull out your top baby face that you've been creating to be this baby face for months on end, you pull her out. We have Sue in this storyline. We have Rosemary in this storyline. Who the hell else is supposed to channel, like, to challenge Tessa? No one. So you have to fill up someone to be a baby face. And at that point, you can't just be like, here goes happy-go-lucky Ty of Valkyrie out of nowhere. 
And that's where this came from. I really don't have an issue with the gimmick. Do I think it's the best gimmick in the world? No, it doesn't really make sense. But I don't think it's bad. I don't think it's an issue. As a matter of fact, she's kind of likable. So I'm all on board with it. I think it's fine. You just need to rebuild the knockout division for the umpteenth time. Yeah, like, when it comes to Taya, I, I don't mind her look. I actually feel like the look fits her. Because especially since I've been watching her for years, I just, she's just never been cookie cutter. She's always looked different. She's always, you know, she's always been the alternative to what we consider the norm. You know, so that doesn't bother me. The gimmick, I can't get mad at the gimmick because it's like getting mad at that gimmick. I might as well get mad at all the knockouts gimmicks because they're always, some of them are always so bad or so good or so cheesy and just don't make any sense. But it's just that they really need to reconstruct that division in a way to where it makes sense for the long run. Like, uh, well, my thing is, is that they found a way to take the knockouts championship out of that Rosemary Alley Sue Young feud, but it still feels like that's the feud they have all their eggs in the basket for. Like, sure, they're going off of Tessa's name and her abilities in the ring, but aside from that, like, it doesn't feel like a championship caliber storyline just because we haven't established why Taya is the way she is, or like, we don't have that kind of layers other than Tessa being Tessa and choking out Gail Kim and how that's a catalyst for the rematch. Like, and, and see, that's that's what I was going to say, too. The other thing about that, to your point, is even when they were facing each other for the title, the focus was on Gail Kim versus Tessa more than Tessa versus Taya. Right. Which goes back to the old trope of, one in doubt with the knockouts division, add Gail Kim. Add Gail Kim's Twitter account. And again, I want to clarify, I, I like Taya. I like her as a person. I like her as a wrestler. It's just, I don't, I liked the whole Lucha Royalty thing, so I don't, which I mean, I... I, I get the point that that probably doesn't translate to a baby face very well. I just don't really under. I don't think they've explained this. Is the thing. It, I, if they, that's fair and sure, they could they could definitely do more. I, I'm with you on that. But I'm gonna be really honest. Y'all know I fucking hate Impact. I've said this mostly joking for a very long time that it's my favorite division. When we all know that I really hate it. This is actually the first time in at least five years I've actually kind of cared about the knockouts division. Um. And all in all, I absolutely disagree about the Tessa Blanchard just being Tessa Blanchard, because let's be clear, Tessa Blanchard's a gimmick in and of herself. And at the end of the day, that's a heel. And so it works. Like, honestly, I bought her as the champion. I bought her in this gimmick. I bought her as this bitchy heel per use. It's fine. I actually thought they did a good job of building that up. I think what was missing this entire time is this babyface issue. They rushed the Alley storyline against Tessa and then threw her over here with Sue and Rosemary, which, yes, is the overall storyline, but really just ultimately didn't build to the championship like it should have. All in all, though, what we are missing in talking about is the fact that you still have people like Kira Hogan. You still have people like Jordan Grace that you put those two people in the forefront, you actually try to build them into baby faces, and the knockouts division really could run wild. 
Mind you, it's going to take Gail Kim getting off of her Twitter high horse (laughs) and recognizing that and actually trying to build them into something because I will tell you, I've been at many a shows that Jordan Grace is on and the crowd is all over on Jordan Grace. They love her. She's that build happen and she could be the star that can come up easily. Jordan Grace is like one of the most popular acquisitions in the latest Mm, what like maybe six seven eight months maybe a year especially for female and they have her and they've kind of just kind of have like this tug and pull situation where they're like uh maybe uh no maybe not maybe not and it's just like they're trying to group everybody into this alley rosemary sue young storyline and it's not going to turn out good for everybody else that's involved in this kira ogan is so good People just being completely underutilized right now. Can we talk about how on Wow Women of Wrestling they had more character development for Kira Hogan in a three minute segment than TNA has given her her entire run? Why why is that show not in our rundown? The true highlight of my week. Because nobody gets access to it. Because I do. Talk about Katie Forbes. I don't know. I mean, then I'd have to spend like another 30 bucks on people. I'm not going to do it. I love Katie Forbes. What are you talking about? Okay, so let's see. Is there anything else with Impact I'm missing? No. Well, I mean, like, my one question is, like, they're inserting Gail because she they needed, like, some sort of structure in that storyline. Tessa attacks her. Do you think this is going to eventually set up for Gail coming out of retirement for a match with Tessa? I feel they're probably going to have a match at Rebellion or Hell unless they want to save it all the way. I, I can't see them saving it all the way for Bound for Glory. I mean, at this point, I feel like you have a better shot of building that for, like, Slammiversary or something where it's just, like... Just a flat-out match. I don't think it needs knockouts title or anything like that. So it's just whenever they decide to actually move Tessa on from the championship picture. No, I could. Ju- I don't think you need the title. I think they just have, like, a street fight or even a one-on-one match. I mean, I think Gil coming out of retirement is enough to sell the angle. Um, they built it pretty well. But how many times were we going to keep using Gail Kim? Like, I love Gail Kim. Been a fan for years. But it's just that... I'm getting to the point where I don't need to see her to always put over the big bad heel. It's if there's coming a point where we need to move on from her and use somebody else for that. I'm fine you know? with it in this case because I really do legitimately want to see Gail versus Tessa. And I feel like Gail is doing this because she legitimately wants to get in the ring with Tessa. I'm fine with this if the title's not involved. Um, because to be completely honest with you, I don't think Gail needs to be around the title anymore after she's had seven reigns. And on top of that, too, I feel like it would be a one-off. She's not going to come back for a proper run if she literally yeah. just had a last match in February oh, of last year. You never know. I'm not going to do anything fast. There is only one person who can answer that, and you could tweet her at, at Gail Kim, it's me. Please like, I tweet love, her. I would mm-hmm. love to see the matchup between the two, but it's just that... I just feel like I see this happen with Gail Kim so many times that I'm at the point, I've met my quota on Gail Kim in my life as a women's wrestling fan. I'm done, honey. We need to move forward. Like, something else. Anything. I would even be, I mean, if there was a will or a way, if Asa Kong wanted to come back to wrestling, I would be fine with her and Tessa. But, you know, why not? If you're going to jump and go get Gail, why not get Kong? 
Well, because Gail Flaherty backstage tweeting. Right, but it's also the fact that, let's be honest, if anyone could get Kong, it would have been WWE, but Glow doesn't want to, or whoever is in charge of Netflix, they want to make sure that she's safe for the show, because if you get injured doing a side gig, you're still filming it. I'm saying if there was was ever a will or way, that would be kind of cool to see, but I just feel like as many talented women they have in that division, you've got to go get Gail Kim for this. Why? It, it, it's uh, it's so frustrating. You keep signing all these women. We said just said this about NXT. You're signing all these women, all these talented women, and they're all just sitting around and you're not doing anything with them. Speaking of people they're not doing anything with, some sad news to report. Um, the Queens of Combat champion, Angel Rose, a.k.a. Diamante, was released. Um, this pisses me off. I, I feel like it was like she was starting to do her stuff with LAX. She got injured, and then that was it as far as her impact stuff because she's only done indie stuff since. Yeah, and they yeah. never brought her back or did anything really with her at all. Yeah. Nothing. It's sad because she's such a good wrestler. Yes. And she never even got a chance. See, she could have been a new baby face for them. Exactly. Why the hell not? But no. They just cut her. Out of nowhere. Gotta pay Gail Kim. I'm feeling the Gail Kim hate on this program. I'm not Gail. sure. I'm not sure. It's not hate. It's just that we, it's not necessarily hate. We all just, we see the talent. We see that there is new and things that they could improve on, and they're not doing it. They're just going to the same well to get the legends to do the work that the youngsters can do. You know, Gail modern day moolah and call it a day. <sighs> I, I, I'm just gonna say that I, I. So, are you asking for that and then Leilani Kai be there and then Brandy Wine? I'm just, I'm not doing this stuff. You didn't know. Okay, not Brandy Wine. I am absolutely saying someone else. I am quitting this show after Brandy Lexi Wine. Lexi Fife. Oh, don't don't leave Lexi alone. Let's okay. fight on a stick. Malaya on a stick. Yes. You know, I, I'm really just saying, and I, I actually look forward to Tessa versus Gail as long as the title's not. No, I do too. They fun. need to bring back Rockicon. I'm just saying. She's <sighs> too busy. She had pay Kong. She got her money for watching her kid. All right, let's move on to the Indies. Um, we'll do some quick hits here. Rise is having an eye pay per view coming up soon. Yes, uh, they are going to be streaming on Fight TV, their upcoming legendary show, which I guess they're going to have the biggest roster of women's wrestlers on the show. Jesus. So, yeah, they're trying to. Battle Royal. A world record, and they have like this battle royal and everything, so that'll be interesting. Well, they also announced what is presumably the main event as well for the Rise of the Phoenix Championship, which will be Kylie Ray challenging Mercedes Martinez again in a no rope submission match, Ooh. which I think will actually be incredible. I'm first of all, I'm a huge Kylie Ray fan. I that sounds amazing. 
That I this mean, is the real question we should be asking on this podcast, which is when is Kylie Ray getting signed? Because uh, this what confuses me because they even had her like at a random up up down down video, which is like her or Xavier Woods and Tyler Breeze was like, You're backstage, I know you couldn't do the May and Classic and everything too, but you were too good not to be signed somewhere. Maybe she's well, see, we're kinda of getting that territory where, you know, we probably have that conversation of where maybe she has gotten offers and she hasn't signed yet because she wants to just keep working on the indies for a while. You know? I mean, it's rare, but it's not unheard of. I just realized we forgot to touch a big NXT note, uh, speaking of that. Casey, I hear there's some uh, additions coming in soon. Uh, yes. Site favorite Karen Q and Rachel Ellering will be reporting to NXT. I think the report date is the 10th. So, yeah. Gosh, it's about time. Yeah, for those who don't know, uh, Rachel Ellering, the queen of the blazer jackets. Good morning! Um, Rachel Ellering, if you're listening, good morning. (laughs) Good morning, Rachel. Good morning. We, me and Dennis especially, love some Rachel Ellering. All of Rachel Ellering. Rachel has also been um, about to report to the Performance Center for what? Almost three years now? Yeah, two and a half years. Since she started wrestling, it feels like. I believe I was told to get a photo with Rachel because she would probably be signed soon at WrestleCade 2016. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the end of 2016. From the beginning, I am a huge Rachel Ellering fan. I, first of all, nicest human being you'll ever meet in your life. Oh my god, yes. Second of all, so incredibly talented. Like, all around, just a star. That girl's gonna be a big deal. And so likable. So, Rachel Ellering will literally have a 20-minute conversation with anybody about anything. Literally. Like, it, she's so great, and just such a good person. And I'm also not gonna deny how wonderful Karen Q is. Karen Q is also one of the nicest people I've ever met. And she, It was a great interview, but we had with her, uh, what was it, back in 2017, too, right when she was starting to really stick her feet into the Women of Honor division, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's What's the so Women of Honor? Good. And so, it's just, uh, these are two names that really should have been signed after, right after the Mae Young Classic, yes. in all honesty. And it's about time that they're getting signed. Here's to just hoping they don't get lost in the NXT shuffle. Right. Yeah. Yes, they're too good and talented to be lost in the shuffle. Yeah, they're 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 both so talented. I feel like Rachel Ellering. I've been hearing that she was getting signed or being brought to tryouts since she stepped in the ring. It feels like it's been going on for years. And same thing with Karen Q. I I remember watching her, and I remember when she first started. And I'm just been like, she's so good. Like, how is no one scouting her yet? And now she's finally signed. And you know. What a way to, you know, shove it in some people's face that try to put dirt on her name a few, you know, while back with some title situation, you know. Tell Sierra. Tell them. You know what I'm saying? Because, I mean, I'm just saying. Because, I mean, when Karen and Deanna left said promotion, you never heard of them again. The promotion. And they tried to ruin their reputation for some quote-unquote business situation that actually was never a business situation so look at that they both signed now Hmm, kudos exactly 
See, the you, shade, don't win. you don't win when you play dirty. You don't. The shade is real. Sierra Reed's shade is my favorite Reed. shade for the record. When you come for my women in wrestling, you're coming for me, and I don't play. Come on, Queen Sierra Reed. <laughs> the Dr. Sierra Reed. Getting back to the indies, um, WWR is presenting Widowmaker on February 23rd, speak, uh, featuring the legendary Lisa Marie Baron, a.k.a. Victoria. Do we have a? Does she have a match announced yet, guys? Ah, uh, yeah. So if you go onto their website to order tickets, it's actually going to be her versus Chris Statlander, who is incredible. She is yes. so talented, so good, so talented, and so nice. So so nice. Oh, and by the way, I know, uh, mentioning this, this is Victoria's last year actually as an active wrestler, too. I know uh, back last month at uh, Empire State Wrestling, she wrestled Allie in a great match, which was their first women's main event. So if there's any concern as to whether or not Victoria is still a great uh, wrestler, even by today's standards, she could still go. So I'm very you curious. You got to meet her as well, correct? It was a very brief, like, hi, nice to meet you. I didn't get to, like, actually talk to her just because indie shows are notorious for fast pace. I went to women around during intermission, but super sweet. I'm so glad I got to go, even though there was a horrible blizzard that day that we probably shouldn't have went. But somehow that venue was still pretty packed to the brim. So, yeah, it was a great experience. I'm looking forward to see what else this uh, last year has in store for so, uh, moving on, on 316, Queens of Combat will present Stone Code Queens. Uh, Dennis Taylor just announced Jordan Grace is challenging Dana Monte for the Queens of Combat Championship in the main event. Which I'm sure will be an absolutely incredible match. Um, it, honestly, Queens of Combat match-wise is delivering left and right. And I will tell you, it's just a wonderful locker room of women. Um, it's incredible talents. And the matches really are delivering um, really, really well. And I'm sure um, as Diamante continues her reign as Queens of Combat champion, it's going to be quite the battle with Jordan Grace, but everybody has eyes on Hudson Envy, who made her surprise return um, at Long May She Reign, which was the most recent Queens of Combat show, and she is also featured on the poster, so we will see what all happens with Queens. But we all know that Diamante is keeping that belt warm for the future Queens of Combat champion, the legendary Maddie Max. Queen Maddie Max. I'm all in on some Maddie Max. All in. All in. You can see Dennis Taylor and myself at each Queens of Combat show as the Maddie Max cheer section and the Thunder Kitty Spices section. Oh, so real. And I'm telling you, it is a really fun time, and I'm super stoked to be back in Charlotte come March. Not only that, but he always has to put up with me, so say a prayer to whatever deity you believe in for. For real. So, uh, also, Shimmer has started announcing some names for their upcoming tapings. Not only is AQA debuting, but my favorite, a bad, bad girl with a cute, cute jacket, Penelope Ford, will also be making her debut. About time. I'm surprised that one hasn't happened yet. I know. It's going to be so good. So, she's so I mean, there's so many women for days to cycle in every year. That's it's it's going to be really interesting, and I'm just excited to kind of see how this pans out, especially because this is always the shimmer taping that gets interesting, because usually this is the one that they're planning for their Mania Weekend blow-up, um, and it's right before Mania Weekend. It's like two or three weeks or a week before it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm more excited because I'm planning on going to the Shimmer Mania weekend show. So I'm hoping it sets up for some really great things there. Hold on. So I'm horrible at keeping up. This isn't their normal way they do it, though. Is that, isn't it normally Mania and then tapings afterwards? Yeah, it's usually Mania first and then the tapings afterwards. So we're doing it. Okay, so it's before Mania and then tapings at Mania this year? Well, they don't usually have, like, a live-eye pay-per-view at yeah, weekend. And, I, and that'll probably happen again. They're part of the WWN Super Show. Right. Um, yeah, so and they also, sure they um, also announced that they're trying to make all their shows eye pay-per-views. Which, I will be their unpaid spokesperson for You Should Really Get the Stream Shimmer channel. I'm on Shimmer 52. It's been really great. Yeah, what volumes are they up to week. with uh, uploading it, Dennis? What was that? Uh, what volumes have they uploaded already up so to? So they're up from one through, the, it's like somewhere between 71 and 74. I can't remember the exact one. Um and so it's actually been really fascinating to watch them. And the best part is when you can tell that it's clearly the start of the next Shimmer taping. And so it's just fascinating to see, like, how storylines carry over, like, when you're actually mm-hmm. able to watch them back-to-back. Um, and so I really highly recommend it. It's been a blast. Sierra will tell you I message her regularly. And really yes. She's like, guess what match I'm at now? And I'm like, oh, boy. And it was Ambronial and Mischief, which I highly recommend. Oh, my God, yes. This was, like, the greatest match in the history of the business. Oh, it was so good. I play-by-played it for Sierra. You can ask her DMs. Uh, That's actually going to be a Patreon exclusive. Oh, my God. It was so good. I would love to just... There you go, Casey. There's one for the suggestion box. There we go. But, like, it's honestly really, really good. And for $10 a month, totally worth it. Yes. All right, so Femme Fatales 21 is coming up. Does anybody have any more information on that one so yes. far? Yeah, Rachel Ellering magically got pulled off of the card. Interesting. Interesting. I, I can't imagine why. Also, um, Mercedes Martinez will take on Kimberly. Um, Nicole Matthews, who is subbing for Rachel Ellering, will take on Shimmer Champion Nicole Savoy. Ooh. Allison Kay will be facing Lufisto. Penelope Ford will take on Jessica Novak. And uh, Veda Scott and Casey Spinelli. I'm sorry, Penelope Ford will take on who? Jessica Novak. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't hear you. What's her name? Jessica Havoc, the girl with the really bad extension. No, no, no. We're no. not doing it. No. It's a new year, and a new leaf returning. Novea versus Chris Statlander versus Samantha Heights. You're welcome. I finished covering that. Yes. Also, (laughs) this is a mess. (laughs) Also, uh, speaking of messes, apparently everybody has been out for purpose. (laughs) Man. Okay, but here's what I'm going to give you for Pro Wrestling Eve is at least the people who are getting announced especially Britt Baker, are like, they're like building them up to come. Like, it's not yes. one of those like, oh, guess who's magically appearing this show? Yes. Like, this one, they had Charlie Evans and Millie McKenzie basically call out Britt Baker at a show that she wasn't even at, and now here comes Britt Baker coming to Eve. Like, they are doing this in a way that at least keeps it interesting, and that is the one thing I will give Eve over Honestly, any women's show 
independent. They do a lot of stories there. Yes. There's a yes. lot of storyline things. And so the fact that these women who are going over there are going there, it's a big deal. And it will honestly be really great that they're doing it. And then on top of that with Pro Wrestling Eve, it's it's so crazy because, like, a couple years ago when they first launched, I only knew of Pro Wrestling Eve through Ring Bells, the site I used to write for. And they didn't have a big movement, but, you know, they had great women's wrestlers. And it was just like, wow, they're so good, and they're all over here, and no one knows about Now they become this big thing, and just like you said, Dennis, is that – they make these stories, they make you care about people that you've probably never seen, didn't know exist. You know, they'll have call-outs on the show or have somebody show up, but it's not just, oh, so-so's here. What are they going to do? It's they're here, they're here for the purpose, and there's a reason. Like, everything matters. And they've done a great job of just making everything that happens in that promotion matter. To a point where you cannot ignore it. You want to see the next show. You want to know who's coming in. And it's just really great to see that happening with a women's promotion in this time where we're having women's wrestling and like the biggest boom yet. And it's coming from a promotion out of the UK. Like that's so insane. Right. And their shows are so good. I love Yvonne Demand. Yes. I watched the um, Battle Bowl show the other day. It was so good. How so much more indie promotions would incorporate as many storylines as Pro Wrestling Eve does? Mm-hmm. I will tell you, all anybody in the listening, because I know there's a couple of people who do. It's not that different from what we see on television that people really want. It doesn't yeah. matter what name you're necessarily bringing in. It doesn't matter what big star, former WWE, TNA whatever comes in i care about wanting to be there because i want to care that the i want the matches to matter right and like that's the thing is that if more indie shows would just take that onus of being like fine we're going to give you stories we're going to give you some kind of development you would have a more hype fan base about it because eve sells out every show yeah and they don't just sell out they sell out like a month in advance. It's gone. And they're doing it because people care about what's happening at Eve. And like, if more people just focused on that, there wouldn't be this whole big issue of, am I going to sell out the show? Am I going to make my money back? Get people to want to care. And your fan base will be there every month. Like when they were starting to sell tickets for Russell Queendom, I, I, I remember just being like, God, it's sold out already. And they were pitching the show for months. And it was just one thing with Wrestling E does is that you've had Shimmer, you had Shine, you had other places that bring in a lot of international talent. But the way Eve incorporates them into the current storylines or with their current roster of newbies, people you've probably never seen, they don't make it seem like, oh, this person is a wrestler from Japan. You got to respect them because they make it so like, okay, so they're from Japan. Who gives a fuck? They're here to fuck up Viper. <laughs> and this is why we're having this match. Like everything Absolutely. keeps you glued to the screen because you don't care about where they're from. You don't care about what they did in the past, whatever. It's that match. And there's a reason these two broads are going to scrap and if they want to scrap again at the next show, it's going to happen, and you better be there to watch it. 
And that's all that matters with Eve. Well, damn, Sierra. Well said. <laughs> so, I think that covers up the indies. Um, Miss Reed, Queen of the Joshi, what notes you got for me this week? I mean, I've got a lot. Because, you know, with Joshi, I just don't ever keep it simple. Let's do, let's do some quick hits. Okay, well, first off, we got Command Bolshai is going to be challenging Hanaka Nakamori for the Pure J Openweight Championship. And this match is being dubbed as her official retirement match. You know, because Bolshoi is kind of on this retirement thing. She's going to retire. She's having a series of matches. But this one's supposed to be her official match. And honestly... I think this will be a good way for her to go out because, you know, Boshoi's been there since the beginning of JWP, which is Pure J's predecessor. And Pure J is hers. And what way to go out than going against your biggest star with your main title? So that match is going to be happening at Horcon Hall in April. Um, Akane Fujita is injured. It was announced during Ice Ribbon's show on Saturday that she suffered an injury to her neck and also her left shoulder, and she's going to be taking some time off to recuperate. So maybe about a couple of months or so, we're not going to see a Kane Fujita, but who really knows with Joshi sometimes. Sometimes they come back faster. Um, the Oz Academy Openweight title has got some people advancing towards it, and we've got Mayumi Ozaki. Duh, when does she not advance towards that title? And Kaiori Yoniyama, they're going to be facing off on March 17th, and the winner of that matchup is going to go against Takara Shida for the title on April 14th at Korokorn Hall. Um, Oz Academy is kind of a mess right now. <laughs> it's awesome. Ooh, girl. It's, I love Ozaki. I really do. I get it for promotion, but it's just, I thought that we were getting to a point with Oz Academy that we were having newer stars kind of take the reins, but now we're going back to the cycle of possibly having Ozaki have the title again. It's just, I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I, it's Gail Kim in it for me. We got to move on. Move on, y'all. I love Gail Ozaki. Kim is now a verb, and I... I love seeing her wrestle. Like, don't get me wrong. She's the big heel. Like, everybody goes against Ozaki. Like, if you're not joining her group, you're, you're a freaking outsider and you should be dealt with. But I just, I need something different when it comes to the open weight title. But we'll see who's going to advance out of this matchup. Um, Cassandra uh, Miyagi is leaving Sendai Girls after being with the promotion since like 2013. And, that kind of shocked me that she's leaving because she's been a big part of Sendai Girls. And Cassandra Miyagi, like, you can't get past her. When you see her, the hair, the makeup, it, she's totally different looking from everybody else in the promotion. So, I mean, I think the last time I read anything about her is that she's possibly going to go freelance, like a lot of Joshis do after being with a person for a certain amount of years. But you never know. She might sign on with Stardom, uh, might jump over to Pure J or anywhere else. So we're going to have to see in the next couple of months where she's going to end up at. Um, a lot of Stardom you, news, as usual. Are you guys ready for this? Oh, Lord. Here we, hit me with the Stardom notes. 
Utani retained the Future of Stardom Championship against Alex Garcia during Saturday's show in Kyoto. And um, I honestly felt like this was like her 19th title defense, but it's actually her second title defense of this belt. <laughs> it's because that the belt has only been defended like five times ever. Right. And on top of that, Utami is just a boss. She has all the belts. <laughs> she has every belt. And that's my question. How can you be the future of stardom when you already are stardom? I don't know. <laughs> honey. She is the past, the present, and the future. Honey. And Joshi, this happens. Like, you know, I was just speaking about Kaori Oniyama. Like, a few yeah. years ago when she was getting ready to retire, she had, like, eight belts. Well, that happens a lot in Japan in general. Yeah. But, I mean... We've had it over, when you look at the history of Joshi, you've had plenty of, like, younger Joshis come in, and everybody's like, oh my god, she's so good. And next thing you know, she has, like, the ultimate dragon pitcher with the Mm -hmm. 10 belt. And you're just like, how the hell are you the world, the mid-card, the women's? (laughs) You're You're the tag team. You're the whole promotion, honey. Like, how? And it happens more often than you realize it, but... It's it's insane that she's just boss in stardom. Like, you can't come across her. But anyway, speaking of other bosses, Momo Watanabe also retained. She beat uh, Jamie Hatter on the show in the main event, and she walked away with her 10th title defense of the Wonder of Stardom Championship. So when I see that she defended the belt for a 10th time, I just sit there and say, hmm, she's got to be tied with someone because, you know, I'm a nerd. So... Went up and did some digging. She's currently tied with Santana Garrett when it comes to title defenses of that title in particular. Oh, wow. And Io Shirai was also tied with Santana Garrett in her second reign. But however, in her 11 title defense is when she dropped the belt to Watanabe. So there's a little fact there. Um, I did not realize that... Reyna is still bringing people over from Mexico to defend titles, and no one knew that Marcella is still the world women's champion over the CMLL. <laughs> but, you know, that's a thing. That's a thing. Um, she retained the title against Tehama in a best two out of three falls match during Reyna's show back on January 27 at Shinkiba first ring. And the win marks Marcella's first defense <laughs> since unseating Dallas for the belt back in November. And I'm just like, ah, I kind of expect this in Lucia Libre, but what else? Yeah, that's a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Honey, if you go back and look at, like, when, like, the championship lineage for the CMLL Women's Championship, there is, like, at least two or three champions that held the title for, like, seven months without defending it. <laughs> And you're just like, so we like to call on Alexa Bliss, right? Guys, I'm so about to go be a Lucha Libra star because I'm really good at not defending things for eight months. And you know, it's so funny now that I said that. Marcella was one of those ones that held because one of her reigns with this title, she held it for like nine or ten months and only defended it once. Being told by management, I need to apologize to the Alexa Bliss fans out there before they kill me. Please continue. <laughs> And and then when she defended it, it was like a year or so later after she defended it, and it was just like, wait, she still has the belt? 
Like, you, she's still a champion? Okay, y'all. <laughs> okay. But, yeah, that's that's what's going on in Joshi. I'm pretty sure there's way more going on, but that's all I can seem to find today. Y'all, I have just been informed that Brock Lesnar is now looking into wrestling in Mexico after finding out he would only have to defend the title once every ten months. I thought he did that now. You know, he's I know, 10 months is kind of generous, out of here. <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you. Somebody was throwing the belt at me. Oh, geek. Hey, asshole. <laughs> well, it's been a grand old time here at the Sound Off. I'm so sorry. Like that should be our episode title. Asshole, <laughs> we're back. <laughs> All right. Anything, any, anybody else have anything they want to talk about? Besides uh, the enduring legacy of Talia Madison. Oh. Uh, yeah, uh, for those of you that are on Instagram and have nothing better to do with $5, uh, hit up Shotzi Blockhart. Oh, oh no. no! We are, no, no. Oh, no. Absolutely not. We are not talking about this. Absolutely I'm not. rebuking you in the name of the Lord? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my no, God. that is our episode title. <laughs> Casey, make sure you cut this part. Oh, I will. I will not tolerate the hateration or holleration at this point. All But honestly, if you go to oh. the site's Twitter, we are doing a giveaway of a Becky Lynch t-shirt. Um, the winner will be picked Friday. Be sure to donate to our Patreon so we can do more fun giveaways and keep the site going. And I think we've got some different stuff coming to the Patreon soon, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yes. Dennis is going to do play-by-play for... Shimmer. Shimmer, yeah. Shimmer 1. Yeah. Yeah. Shimmer Shimmer subscription is sold separately, but if you have it, there'll be an audio track. Oh, (laughs) and for uh, said uh, TNA house show matches, including Gail Kim versus Amber O'Neill. Oh, my God. That is is top-tier donator. But if you'd like to hear somebody else... Can I pick that match out? If you'd like to hear somebody else do commentary on an Amber O'Neill match, be sure to tune in to CWS Mid-Atlantic on February 16th on Twitch.tv. Oh, my God. I'm literally coming to North Carolina to fight you. Wouldn't be the first time, nor would it be the last. You can follow me on Twitter at Chris Riddle. Everybody else plug their social medias. I'm not doing it for you. You can can follow me on Twitter at Shitsy Blackheart. No, I'm kidding. The Jose, (laughs) can you see? Uh, Letters U and C. You can follow me at If You See KC. You can follow me at CIARA92189, but really don't follow me. (laughs) It's Threads on Threads, y'all. Follow her. You can follow me at Dennis underscore SCS. And you can follow the true queen of wrestling at Gail Kim. It's me. Just don't call her Gail King. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Siren Sound Off.